Tonight we have with us in the studio a group of young inventors. And I'm going to talk first to Mr. Pat Pending. <laughs> Mr. Pending, you have, if I may say so, a most appropriate name for an inventor. Oh, yes, well, that is my invention. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Uh, to turn to you, Mr. Wicker, I believe you invented a chair. That is correct, yes. Several chairs, actually. Apart from the one which bears my name, which, of course, has made a marked impression on people. <laughs> I also invented the sedan chair. Uh, really? I I I've always wondered why a sedan chair is so called. Well, that's when you are tired and weary and you want a sedan. <laughs> Uh, of course, silly of me. Uh, and finally, Mr. Lampwick. Uh, Mr. Lampwick, how long have you been inventing? Oh, the best part of 23 years, actually. Uh, that is to say, 22 years, 11 months and 29 days. I started a day late. Oh, I see. Uh, and what yeah. have you invented? Well, it's very simple, really. You see, you put it on your head um, mm. after you've had a shower. Mm, okay. Then you pull this little string here, which mm. turns that little oojar there. Mm -hmm. The whole thing then swings round and empties porridge all over your face. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Uh, but what exactly is the point of it? I've no idea, but it's kept me happy for 22 years, 11 months and 29 days. This is I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. A laughable mixture of impractical jokes specially invented to keep you happy for the next 29 minutes and 55 seconds. London Airport. Next, please. Have you read this? Yes. Anything to declare? Uh, yes. Thank you. Next, please. What? Well, wait a minute. I haven't, uh... Please, I'm terribly new at this job. I really wouldn't know what to charge you, so just run along, please. <laughs> Put away the camera! Put the camera away, please. Well, I, I want to declare. No, you can't. I can. In fact, I have to. It says so on this notice. I wish I'd never let you read it. Anyway, it's not a new camera, is it? It's... More than six months old, isn't it? So you don't have to pay any duty, and I don't have to work it out. <laughs> it's not new, is it? Tell me it's not new. I bought it yesterday. Doesn't look new. Oh, yes, it does. If it was scratched or something, you could fool me. <laughs> Why don't you scratch it? Please. Why, well, I'm not scratching a new camera. Just a little scratch. Now, look, look, it's a new camera. Don't keep saying it's new. Give it to me. Now, nobody would think it was new. <laughs> now, please go away and let me get on with my job. Oh, I'm going to open my case. Don't you dare. Well, look, you can't stop me. I shan't look. I won't look and look. I won't. No. Oh. There. What about that, then? Hmm? What about that? Just a few shaving sticks and cotton flannels. Those are not shaving sticks. They're ivory tusks. <laughs> are they? I've made one of my silly mistakes, haven't I? It's pure silk cut. It's cotton silk. No, no, it's just plain old undutiable cotton. It's exotic, <laughs> new, very highly dutiable silk. I'm sorry. Ah, you've been done. They might have told you it was silk, but as far as I'm concerned, it's cotton. Now, look here, my good man. Nobody does me. I don't buy cotton instead of silk, and I don't bring it in without paying duty. Oh, dear. I say you wouldn't like to go off on another holiday, would you? <laughs> right now? No. I'll pay for it. No. <laughs> well, you could emigrate, start a new life. Australia. No. New Zealand. No. Tibet. No. <laughs> I say, I suppose you are English, aren't you? 
And if you weren't English and you weren't staying for more than six months, I wouldn't have to charge you. Look, I am English and I never intend to leave the country again. Curse you. I hate you. Do you hear me? I hate you. I hate you. You sound foreign to me. I am not foreign. There you are. An unmistakable foreign accent. You've got a foreign accent. No, I haven't. Oh? Can you do a foreign accent? I bet you could do an Indian. Anyone can do an Indian. I can't. Please try and do an Indian. I can do an Indian. I'll do it first, then you try, all right? No! Oh, please, just like, just like this. Um, thank you very, very much, please. I have not, absolutely nothing to declare. Just passing through no camera, no ivory, no silk. Thank you very, very much. Jolly good, hello, bye-bye. Your passport, please, sir? Oh, thank you. My what? Passport, please, sir. I haven't. I can't let you in without a passport, you understand? And don't try to disguise your voice. Oh, and why are you dressed as a customs officer? Hey, Jack, there's a ruddy Indian here dressed up as a customs officer. <laughs> oh, no, the trouble with you, Archibald Briggs, is that you care more about things than you do about people. Not nonsense, my love. You exaggerate. Then why are you sitting there with that stuffed owl on your lap? We're, we're just good friends, you see. <laughs> Last night, it was the alarm clock. Crooning to it all evening, you were. Not in front of the stuffed owl, dear. You know how jealous it gets. And, and, and then there's the wall stand. Oh. You always kiss it goodbye when you leave for work. You don't kiss me. Well, it gets lonely, dear. How, how would you like to stand there all day covered by a coat? I do stand here all day covered oh, by a coat. <laughs> and now the last. Oh. I have to stay at home while you go off on holiday with the wardrobe. Well, I thought it was looking a little pale, you see. I don't think you love me anymore. Oh, of course I do, Sheriff. I do. Well, say it then. Take off your clothes and laugh. <laughs> this week, we've got something quite different. A vintage musical from the 30s called Adam and Eve and subtitled Let the People Sin. <laughs> Our brief scene takes place in paradise.
insects of some time in the past. As the deer and the antelope play, the lovers, Adam, played by Coward Peel, and Eve by Hetty Mutton, as they approach each other for the first time, there is something about them that suggests a mood of innocence and naivety. They're both stark naked. What is it? I don't even know your name. It's Adam. Adam? Adam. Adam. I don't like it. <laughs> well, you got such a good name? Eve. I don't think much of that. Oh, what a name matter as long as we're in love. Are we in love? Oh, Adam, you know you're the only boy for me. Yeah, that's true. Eve, what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? I'm going to take you away from here. You is? You're darn right. I am? You is. <laughs> We're going to have a place of our own, and a house, and a buggy, and, and clothes. And, and we'll do things, you know. We'll, we'll do something, something really original. We will? You're darn tootin'. I am? You is. Oh, Adam. Oh, Eve. I was designed to have life, but life is a bachelor. I was content with a heart that never fell. And I was inclined to have arms, not knowing what arms were for. What it all meant was a thing that I couldn't tell. I'm out together. But try to forget the time that we wasted And it's time for this week's Good Cause. And here with tonight's appeal is Lord Crumpwit of Lewes. How do you do? 
Crumpet speaking. <clears throat> Haven't I got a lovely voice? <laughs> Have you ever thought how many people lack the basic necessities of life? Well, tonight, I appeal to you. None of you appeal to me at all, but I appeal to you. And for a worthy cause. I want 2,000 pounds to build a swimming pool. Now, this swimming pool will bring a great deal of pleasure to myself. Now, I want that swimming pool, and you're not going to stop me, do you hear? Oh, no. In fact, you're going to pay for it, you tight-fisted bunch of penny-pinching misers. Now, I realize that some of you have only five or six pounds in the world. Well, that's hardly worth keeping, is it? So you just pop it in a clean envelope and send it off to me. Now, there's no catch in it. Believe me, you send me your money and you'll never see it again. <laughs> so no strings attached. And when any of you children listening, you've got a whole lifetime ahead of you, but I haven't. So just for the next 20 or 30 years, whenever you fill up your piggy bank, just let me have it, will you? And then when I'm gone, anything you save will be all yours. And I mean that very sincerely. And you old-age pensioners. Well, nobody knows the value of money better than old-age pensioners. So you'll appreciate just how much I want yours. (laughs) And I want you all to know I shall be extremely grateful. And to all of you, I shall send a Christmas card, which you can pass around among yourselves. But be sure to let me have it back. (laughs) Right, then, let's see what you can do. Oh, yes, and if you have any old clothes, or any new ones for that matter, which I very much doubt... Send them all to me. Because I can get a jolly good price for them. Selling them back to you. (laughs) And so, this is Lord Clumpet ending my appeal for tonight. But remember, anything that you can send helps someone in need. Me. Good night. And now we are proud to present once again the Tillingbourne Folk and Madrigal Society, who, in spite of overwhelming requests, are going to sing for us that beautiful song called The Wind. Radiator. 
You can't get no pictures out of that. Oh. Except, of course, when it lets off a little bit of steam, you know. That's mm. like them pictures of clouds in the sky, you know, like a little bit of cumulonimbus floating about, you know. But it uh, doesn't laugh like clouds, does it? You know, I never thought of looking at radiator steam. No. No, I'll go home tonight, turn up the heat and have a good look. Hey, hey, careful you don't turn it up too much, or else you might get damp patches on your ceiling. God, damp patches on the ceiling used to be good for a bit of a giggle as well. Really? Oh. Oh. You'll never believe the things I've seen in the convolvulations on a good old damp ceiling. You know... I've never really watched a damp ceiling. Haven't you? Oh, oh that was art, man. That was art. Yeah, yes. Uh, mind you, mind you, damp ceilings used to be a bit of a nuisance, though. What with all that dripping. Yeah. Aye. Uh, hey, but, uh, shocking. Do, do, do you remember? Do you remember listening to a ceiling dripping into a good old-fashioned galvanized bucket? Oh. Do you remember? Do you remember that? Lovely noise. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Oh, lovely. Oh, lovely. Ah, clink. Splink, splunk, 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 but they ain't got the same tonal qualities as no. the craftsman made job, no. are they? No. I mean, you get a sort of plip. It's all plip. Plop. A plop and a plop. 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 Do you remember how they used to hang on a nail in the yard? Aye. Oh, the awful noise they made when you cupped all of the bottom and slammed it against the brick wall. Oh, yeah. Aye, That was real yeah. thermal quality for oh, you there. Yeah. Yeah. I used to look forward to Friday night. Oh, so did I. So did I. Oh, yeah. Nothing like the old galvanized bath on mat in front of fire. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing to touch it. That was a full evening's entertainment for you. Yeah. You could soak, look, listen, and cogitate. Cogitate. All at the same time. Oh, lovely, that one. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Here, do you remember carbolic soap? Carbolic soap, do I remember? <laughs> do I remember? Oh, those were the days. Oh. Very powerful smelling soap with carbolic. Oh, yes, oh, yes. yes. Oh, oh, right. But it added to the evening's enjoyment, it didn't is, it? Yes. Oh, yes, you could soap, soap loop, listen, cogitate, and smell. By gum did we smell. Ah, right. <laughs> oh, there'll never be evening's entertainment like that again. No. Here, why not? Let's go home and do the things we used to do back in the old days. What? You're not thinking. Yeah. I'm going to have a bath. You dirty monkey. <laughs> well, what I really feel like is a few minutes of jolly sadism. <clears throat> now, where's that filthy, feeble old busker? Ah, oh, there you are. Yes, sir. Here I am indeed. I am here, aren't I? Yes, sir, I certainly am. I see someone picked you up. <laughs> Put him down, madam. You don't know where he's been. So you're speaking to the woman I love. This is my mother-in-law. Yes, well, there's no reason why she should carry you around. Your mother-in-law, eh? Yes, indeed, hmm. poor cotchety old soul. Poor old mother-in-law. Say hello, you poor cotchety old thing. Hello, son. This is your uh, <clears throat> mother-in-law, is it? Well, <laughs> not, not exactly. You know what I mean, do you? You know what I mean? We go out dining and canoodling. Canoodling? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we often canoodle, yes. Hello. I thought I'd better say she was my mother-in-law, otherwise people might talk. Yeah. And uh, you do a double act. Yes, we do satirical songs, don't we, my precious love? Mm. They are, oh. which is funny. Oh, sophisticated stuff, eh? Oh, yes, we're so sophisticated, we... We even get it, folk singers. I say, that's a bit blasphemous, isn't it? I think you'd better tell us about it. 
Are you ready, my little honey bun? to do, I do them. Where the action is, I am. I'm a man of action. I'm a tough man of action. I'm a real tough man of action. <laughs> One morning, I'm asleep in my apartment when the phone rings. <laughs> it was a toll call. <laughs> Hello, this is Spanner, Mike Spanner, private eye. Okay, wise guy. She's the commercials. Just listen. 
here. Uh, who is that? Just drop the Muldooney case if you want to stay alive. This is very mysterious. I never heard of the Muldooney case. I get out of bed and smoke eight cigarettes while I fix breakfast, which consists of a half bottle of bourbon. <laughs> I pour the bourbon into my face while I smoke another 12 cigarettes. <laughs> then I do some thinking, and you know what I think? I think I'm going to be sick. I go into the bathroom where I shave and take a cold shower and puff my eyebrows. <laughs> I come out and dress, and I'm lighting a fresh cigarette when a guy who looks like he needs a facial busts into my room and leaves with a right. I take his punch on the shoulder, and I roll with a punch, twisting his left arm up behind his neck. As I go down, he puts the knee in my chest, and I pin him with a throat hold. He gets me around the neck with his left foot, but I grab a handful of face and sink my free elbow into his stomach. Then we dance. <laughs> Minutes later, he's gone without even leaving a phone number. It was just one of those things. I put out my cigarette and ride the elevator up to the ground floor. I step out into the street. I figure that somebody's out to get me. But who? I've no idea, honey. Trey, who are you? Mellifluous Ford, Scott, baby. You're Mike Spanner, right? What's it to you? Just stay off the Muldooney case. Hey, what's with this Muldooney case? Search me. Some other time, baby. Some other time. <laughs> Four hours later, I drive down to the police department to see my old buddy, Lieutenant Riley. Hey, Lieutenant, just give me the lowdown on this Muldooney case, will you? Lay off the Muldooney case, Mark. It's too hot. Take my advice. Keep your nose clean. Sorry, I didn't know it was running. <laughs> but how come everybody clams up on this Muldooney case? Let's see the evidence, Riley. I'm sorry, Mike. Is somebody paying you to keep your trap shut? I wouldn't like to think you could be bought, Riley. Nobody says that to me, Mike. Remember that. Nobody says that to me. Here's a hundred dollars. Let's see the Muldooney file. Okay. <laughs> it's in this drawer. But there's nothing in there but an egg. That's right. Now beat it. <laughs> I have plenty of thinking to do, so I drive home. I still have to figure out what that last joke means. <laughs> Back at the brownstone where I live, I go into my apartment. He's in there waiting for me. A big guy with a bill like a Rockefeller Center. Okay, 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 Joe You can't take good advice, huh? Are you Muldooney? Muldooney? No, brother, quit fooling me. Who is this guy, Muldooney? Who's Muldooney? Yeah, who's Muldooney? I don't know who's Muldooney. Yeah, well, who does know who's Muldooney? I don't know who knows who's Muldooney. Yeah, well, who are you that don't know who knows who's Muldooney? Who knows who... Who knows? <laughs> Maybe I'm Mike Spanner. Yeah, maybe you're a liar. Maybe I'm not. Maybe you are. Maybe you're in the wrong apartment. You mean you're not, girl? You weren't sporting? No. Well, why didn't you tell me I needn't put on this silly accent? <laughs> it's late and I've had a hard day, so I go to bed. When I'm asleep, the phone goes. I don't miss it till next morning. <laughs> When I wake up, I shave, I dress, I take a shower, I get my clothes wet. <laughs> I walk two blocks down to Nick's diner, but on my way, a black sedan swoops up to the curb and two guys jump me and bundle me into the back seat. I just laugh. Ha, ha. I just love that joke about beating the egg. Then we drive uptown to Beulah Hills, a smart area of town. 
Then the little guy with the ferret eyes produces a 38. His pal produces a 45. I produce a straight pontoon and win the hand. <laughs> Take it easy, Spanner. Mr. Muldoon, he wants to see you in all one piece of ticket. Nice and easy, Spanner. <laughs> Say, who is this guy, Muldoon? You find out, Buster. You find out. Oh, you will find, find out. You will, Buster. Make no mistake about that. You will find out. Oh, yes. You'll find out, brother. You'll find out. Oh, you, that's what you'll find out, brother. It figures. This is where you get out for move, Seamus. Wait here till Mr. Muldooney arrives, and when he comes, brother, I wouldn't like to be in your shoes. Why not? I prefer a wider fit. <laughs> As soon as they're gone, I start to search the house. I'm in the kitchen when I hear somebody coming. I spring through a door and freeze. I'm in the refrigerator. <laughs> I spring out again. Hello, Mr. Spanner. Malifua Schwarzkopf. Yeah, and this is Mr. Muldooney. Say, what's a beautiful girl like you doing in a crummy setup like this? Please don't try anything foolish. This gun is pointing directly at your head. Hold it right there, Muldooney. Don't move or you get it in the chair. Don't do anything silly, Miss Schwarzkopf. For Spanner gets a belly full of lead. Hold it, Muldooney, or Miss Schwarzkopf takes the first shot in the head. Keep still, Spanner, or Muldooney eats hot lead. Stay where you are, brother. You are. Shoot myself in the gut. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Uh... Okay. Okay, Muldooney, talk. Well, it's like this, Spanner. I sent the guys to warn you off because I knew you'd get curious. And eventually I'd get you up here for a very good reason. What for? To tell you something. What? Steer clear of the O'Rafferty case, Spanner. <laughs> and now here is an announcement of special interest to name droppers. In this recording of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again, which is written by Graham Garden, Les Lilly and Chick Jacob, Johnny Mortimer and Brian Cook and Bill Oddie, you heard Tim Brooke Taylor, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Bill Oddie, with the music of Dave Lee. The songs are specially written and sung by Bill Oddie, who was joined by guest singer Gene Hart. And the show was produced by Humphrey Barclay. If you've only just switched on, tune in half an hour earlier next week for another edition of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. <laughs>